Do you like free stuff? I do. BlueprintMCAT.com. Go sign up for a free account. Get access to Blueprint MCAT's Diagnostic, Blueprint MCAT's Full Length One, Blueprint MCAT's amazing brand new space repetition platform with over 1,600 flashcards already made for you, as well as their amazing study planner tool. Schedule out the content so you know if you are on track to take the MCAT when you need to. Again, that's blueprintmcat.com for all of those free goodies. The MCAT Podcast, session number 165. A collaboration between the medical school headquarters and Blueprint MCAT. The MCAT Podcast is free MCAT prep to help you understand the MCAT, teach you how to break down questions, and give you the skills and confidence to get the score you want on your MCAT test day. Learn more about Blueprint MCAT at blueprintprep.com slash MCAT. To succeed on your MCAT test day. We all know that the MCAT is one of the biggest hurdles you'll face as a pre-med, and we're here to give you the motivation and information that you need to know to help get you the score you deserve so you can one day call yourself a physician. Welcome to the MCAT podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I first want to take some time to thank you for being here today. 165 episodes of the MCAT podcast, free MCAT prep for you every week. This week, we're going to tackle a topic that a lot of students fear when it comes to the MCAT, and that's math on the MCAT without a calculator. Fill back for some more MCAT podcasts. I'm excited today to talk about some math. What's two plus two? Quick. Uh, four. There you go. How did you do that without a calculator? Ah, use my fingers. Uh-huh. So that's the secret to math on the MCAT. Right. Fingers. Fingers are the key. Fingers uh, and toes. Luckily, yeah, hopefully they, I'll have to wear my sandals if I think they're going <laughs> to ask me more than, more than something that adds up to 20. Wear flip-flops. All right, so uh, we're going to talk about math on the MCAT today, something that stresses a lot of people out. And it's funny, my, my wife, the other Dr. Gray, uh, she always, when we're talking about math, which she's, she's okay at, not, not public math, uh, quick in-person public math, but she always like, I did calculus without a calculator. I'm like, so did <laughs> most college students. I don't know what you're talking about. But anyway, um, math on the MCAT is something that freaks a lot of students out, especially those who aren't strong with math. So let's give them the down and dirty so that they can go into the MCAT with as much confidence as possible that they can handle whatever's thrown at them on the MCAT without a calculator. Yeah. So the, the reason it freaks people out, I feel like, is because maybe this is just me, but I was in like middle school and they're like, you need to learn to do something without a calculator because you <laughs> won't have a calculator in high school. And then in high school, they're like, you won't have one in college. And then I get to college and they're like, all right, here's your calculator. <laughs> Going to go through this. And so like I literally always had a calculator. Like I was a physics major for a while and I took, you know, math methods of differential equations, calc one, two, three, physics one and two. And I had a calculator for all of those. Mm. What, um, what was your go-to, what was your go-to TI number, number calculator? Do you remember? Uh, 
I, I was I was middle middle of the road. The TI eighty nine is where okay. I went. You know, I was I wasn't down there with the TI eighty sevens, but I yeah. wasn't a TI ninety one. I didn't have the budget for that. So <laughs> I know those are the kids. They're like, wow, you must be rich. <laughs> you have yeah, like a calculator. You have a computer in your pocket. <laughs> now we all right. have iPhones. <laughs> Right, right. And they're like way more powerful, but the TI-89 still cost what it did in 2006. Uh, It's still an arm and a leg. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. And so a lot of students are freaked out because, you know, in physics and undergrad, not only did they have a calculator, but there's a good chance they had an equation sheet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're kind of going through this. And so, you know, for the last four years of their life, they haven't ever had to do a math question where they didn't have the equations for them. You know, maybe they had to create them and organize the the study sheet, but they didn't have the equations. And then they also, you know, d- didn't have a calculator. And so now that's the scenario that they're all thrown into. Yeah. And let's, let's talk about the equation sheet real quick, because I think a lot of students, there there's this tactic out there that you should have all of these equations memorized at least for the 10 minutes before going into the exam. And then as soon as you sit down, you write them all out really quickly before you forget them. (laughs) Regurgitate them. Yeah, that's going to take a while. That's going to be like, I don't know, you're going to spend like 15 minutes just sitting there scribbling furiously to yourself. (laughs) Um, Now, if, if you get to the point where you can do that, where you can write them all out from memory, you're fine, right? Um, but that's not, if you can get to that point, you don't need to be at that point. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's overkill in my mind because while there is M or there is math on the MCAT, the MCAT is not a math test. It's not trying to figure out who's the world's best mathematician. And then we're going to let them into medical school. Like that's not, that's not their, their objective. (laughs) That's exactly who they don't want. Trust me. Right. Right. Exactly. (laughs) And so, well, there is math on the MCAT. The, the math itself is not mind-blowingly difficult you can do crazy rounding and just kind of like paying attention to stuff um and you know things things become a lot easier at least in physics and undergrad for me like if the correct answer was 2.94 and i got 2.91 then i was wrong and that's that's not how the mcat works right Mm -hmm. it's multiple choice and so your answer is 480 200 and 7 billion right like (laughs) you can do some pretty crazy rounding and still come close enough to get to the right answer yeah, let's so let's talk about that. I think every time that we've done equations or something that involves potentially some sort of math or you're reading a question, you're like, oh, crap, this is a math one. It seems like the answer was almost always like, oh, I didn't need to do any math to get the answer. I just had to assume this and just keep track of units and, and I'm good here. Yeah, like so the MCAT, they know that you have about a minute per question. And so if they're going to give you a big question, like they're going to they're going to try to test what they're interested in. They're interested in. Do you understand what this equation is for? Do you understand when this applies? Do you understand what the the units for this and kind of like what's going on with this? What's the relationship? Like if I double the radius, does that double the flow or quadruple the flow or whatever? 16 times the flow would be, which is the correct answer for Poisset's law. But (laughs) Um, but the idea there is they're more interested in relationships. Like you're never going to be doing something like what's 283 divided by 13.4. Like that's not, that's not how the MCAT works. You're going to be doing something like, uh, if I double this, then that doubles. And that's, that's a lot more what this is about. And I think most like, in, even if you're, you know, you enter, you know, in a state of anxiety, when you see an equation, most people can like look at something and be like, well, if this doubles, that'll double. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's big. And then also, as you kind of hinted, units. Units are insanely important. The mm. physicist in me hates how useful units are on the MCAT. Because yeah. 
you know, there's a good like 30 to 50% of questions on any given MCAT that are calculation questions that you can answer without knowing the equation. Like you, if you just know the units, you'll get the right answer, right? That they want something in watts and they give you in the question joules and seconds. And if you know that a watt is a joule divided by a second, then you just take that number divided by the other number, uh, a joule divided by a second. Therefore, I'm done. And that happens over and over. And it's it's like the physicist in me, as I mentioned, is annoyed because like you can these, these students are answering all these questions correctly and none of them know the equations. And it's like really, <laughs> really annoying. But then like the MCAT like tutor and advisor in me is like loves it because, yeah. you you know, paying attention to that, you have a backdoor to every question. Yeah. Um, so how's a, student, only, how's a student supposed to go into a question and 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 quickly realize that, okay, I can take a breath. I don't need to do any calculations. I can double, quadruple, times 16, whatever, and I'll be okay. Because I, I think that's where a lot of students go wrong is they they click that button, go to the next question, and they're immediately in the weeds with the, the question and looking at all the answers. And they're not picking out the fine pieces of detail, which... Again, the, the MCAT's a, a reading comprehension test of going, mm-hmm. okay, I can step back. I don't need to do anything complicated here. Right. Th- that that literally happened to me just earlier this morning when I was working with a student and we were like going through this question and he's like, okay, this is about electric fields. And so he's, like, he like starts, he stops looking at the question, stops looking at the answer and he like gets out of scratch paper and he starts like writing out <laughs> equations because he's trying to remember, wait, was that over R squared or R? And I'm like, hang on, stop. Stop. Stop what you're doing. Look, look at the question. The answers are kilovolts over meter. You have kilovolts, you have meters. Divide the one by the other and you're done. Like you don't you don't need to know that an electric field is KQQ over R. Um, like that's that's not useful at all in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And so I think being aware of that is the first thing is like looking for that. Um and, and that's, like I said, like we said, that's different than what's happening in undergrad. In undergrad, if you have a physics question, step one is figure out what the equation you need is and then plug in numbers and then plug in chug and go through it. And then you've got the right answer. But the MCAT's not like that. The MCAT's not going to, you know, like, yes, there are a couple of questions out there that you need to know the equation in order to kind of like plug and solve. But those are not the majority of the calculation questions. And even then, the majority of the questions are not calculation questions. So we're talking about the minority of the minority. Um, going through there, requiring you to be able to regurgitate quickly Poisset's law or the Bernoulli equation. And so you just kind of need to understand relationships. Um, as you're studying, being thinking about that, like thinking about like what's going on here, keeping an eye out for like what you can use in the answers, understanding what values are even possible. Talking about index of refraction, as light enters into glass or water or whatever, it slows down. And that's, you know, the index of refraction tells you what's going on with that. And so the index of refraction, because stuff slows down, the index of refraction always has to be greater than one. Um, Because the way the equation is, it's the speed of light, the constant, three times 10 to the eighth meters per second, which is the speed limit for the universe, (laughs) divided by, like, however fast light travels through this substance. And so that's got to be slower or equal to the speed of light, because nothing can go faster than the speed of light. Mm. So your index of refraction always has to be greater than one. And so if you see an MCAT question and they give you this scenario and ask you, like, which of these is the index of refraction of this unknown substance? And your answers are 1.5, 1.8 and 0.4. Like the answer is A, right? It's got it's got to like if, if light slows down, what interest is, it's got to change the index of refraction and it can't be less than one. So I've done no math 
Um, I've done no calculation. I just know that like uh, the index of refraction is going to change from one and it can't go smaller. So the answer is A. How is the student, think, how's student supposed to, as they're taking their full-length exams, doing the Q-banks and, and, and prepping for the MCAT, what would you recommend they do to be able to, to not only go through the questions, make sure they're getting the questions right, but really understand those relationships more in depth? So in a way, I feel like you answered the question for me. And like the answer is take exams and go through QBanks. Don't just sit with like a pile of equations and try to memorize like what are these equations um, and what, what's kind of going on with those, but like actually apply them like go through and do practice questions. And the more practice questions you do, you'll start to understand the rules and kind of what applies. And more importantly, what the MCAT actually cares about. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of students that are just sitting there trying to memorize 10,000 equations, but like a lot of the, like the way the MCAT is, is, is ran the way that they ask you questions. That's not the most valuable use of your time. Um, like maybe just making sure you know what a volt is, which is a joule per coulomb. And so just kind of like pay, paying attention to those things. And the more questions you see, the better it goes. I would also advise, and this is something that I always do with students, and it's that even if you get the question correct, you know, there's a lot of calculation questions. Sometimes students will miss it. Sometimes they'll get it. But regardless of whether you got the question correct or not, if you spent a good chunk of time trying to answer that question, if you spent two minutes on this and you be, should be spending like one minute, then, you know, two or three minutes Then stop and ask yourself, was there a better way to answer this? Maybe I got the question correct. And mm -hmm. like, yes, this worked out. But is there a better way? And like, maybe, you know, you went through and like wrote out all these equations and you figured out the relationship between, you know, volts and electric fields by knowing that electric field is KQQ over R and volt is KQQ over R squared. And so there's an R squared versus an R. And you like are able to like, you know, solve and rearrange variables until you're able to figure out the relationship. or you could have just looked at the units and like, all right, I got any volts over meter. And so that's that thing divided by that thing. Yeah. And so being on the lookout for those is, is a big deal. And I can't, I can't overemphasize that unit stuff. If you sit down and take any of the AAMC exams, like look for that, be aware of that because there's a passage that I've done from the AAMC where there's three calculation questions and every single one of them doesn't require an equation if you just look at the units. And so those questions some students are going to end up spending five minutes on those three questions. Some students are going to end up spending one minute on them. And like both students can get them correct. Like if you just pay attention to the units, not only is it easier, but it's also faster, mm -hmm. which gives you so much more free time to work through the rest of the test. When this is more of a user interface, next step potential question. It, when a student is using the next step platform for their full lengths or for their Q banks, uh, when, when a student goes back to review those questions, does the platform tell them how long they spent on each question? Yeah, yeah. And you can go through, if you click the review button, like instead of like going to the test and like looking through the questions, if you look at the review of it, you can kind of scroll down and see how much time you spent on each question. And then you can just click on the question. It'll take you to it. And then you'll be like, whoa, I spent way too much time on that. Okay, so that's um, cool. Yeah. And then for the questions where... It, it could have been solved with a simple kind of here's a conversion or here's the units. You could have just looked at that and, and got the right answer. Uh, everyone kind of knows and, and makes fun that the AAMC uh, explanations for their questions are, aren't very good for, for the next <laughs> step. Yeah. For the next step explanations, obviously I'm sure you're going into depth uh, as to why the answer is right. And here's how you get to that answer. But do you also 
do that little hack of go and, and say, you could have also gotten the answer right just by looking at this. Yes. Yeah. And that's that's a really useful thing because I talk about this all the time with my students is like, all right, th- here's your question. There are three ways to answer this question correctly. Mm-hmm. Right. And just kind of like working through and making sure that they're clear. We do that with our explanations, you know, going through. And so if you spent a lot of time on a question, like I said, even if you got it right, go look at the explanation, spend some time kind of like reading through it. I know it might be like a long explanation, but if we're going to explain, you know, three different ways to solve this question, that's a, it's a really useful thing for you to know, like different strategies. Um, I will also mention and kind of plug that the AAMC explanations, students do have a hard time with those. And so we've been asked, like students have asked us like, Hey, can you write explanations for those? Like you did for your questions. <laughs> and, um, and so if you get, if you have our course, we actually do videos explaining every single passage and every single question from the AAMC exams yeah. and kind of walking through like how to deal with this passage, how to deal with this question. Um, and so if you find yourself reading the explanation from the AAMC and you're a little bit lost, which sometimes I feel like I understood it, I got the right answer. And then I read the explanation. I'm like, I am so confused. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on here. Right. Like this, this, they made this way worse. I've, I'm lost. Um, and so that's, that's not what you want from an explanation. No. That being said, their questions are amazing. Their passages are amazing. They write the actual exam. And so they're, they're really good with the, the questions and stuff. Just their explanations don't always make things clearer. Yeah. Okay. So MCAT math. Uh, I think I've seen a lot of times being able to quickly move decimal points. Do you have any secrets on on moving decimal points pretty quickly, multiplying oh, by ten hundred, dividing by ten hundred, whatever, to for for a student to to quickly get where they need to go? This is this is my favorite thing because I am lazy, <laughs> and so I want I want to make my stuff really nice and really easy, and so. Um, First thing, if you have fractions, like let's say you have something divided by two or something like let's say you have 238 divided by two, mm. right? Like it's, that's actually not that bad. Now that I think about it, like going through <laughs> the math in my head, that's a horrible example. Let's say you have 117 divided by five, Okay. right? Like that's, that's a little bit more difficult. And so rather than try to figure out like what's 117 divided by five, I'm actually going to multiply the top and bottom by two. And so 117 divided by five becomes 234 divided by 10. Mm. And that's way easier because yep. that's just going to be 23.4. And like, I don't have to do anything with that. Sneaky. And so th- I know that that always seems like students are like, wait, why are you multiplying it? <laughs> You're, that's going to make it even farther from simplified. <laughs> and so that's something to be aware of. But another thing you can do, and this is another one of my favorite things, is, you know, using the MCAT answers against themselves, like judo, like you're, you're turning the MCAT against itself and like you're using it to defeat it. Um, if their answer choices are, let's say, 2 times 10 to the 13th, 9 times 10 to the 87th, 6 times 10 to the minus 14th, and, and 11 times 10 to the 3rd, uh, I don't really care about the exponents. What I care about is I got like 2 nine, six, and one, or two, nine, six, and 11. And so if I know what I'm doing with my equation, like I, I don't care about the exponents. Like I'm not going to convert milli to micro or, you know, kilograms to micrograms or femtograms or whatever. I'm not going to worry about the orders of magnitude. I'm just going to worry about, oh, if I multiply and divide the coefficients, do I end up with two, nine, one, or six? And if the answer is two, then the one that's two times 10 to the whatever is the answer. 
Um, and so that's just a way to like ignore the orders of magnitude. And that saves students a lot of time because that can be a really confusing thing. Um, so just to reiterate, you can only really do that if you have your answer choices all have different coefficients, like, you know, one, two, six, and nine. And so, but if that's the case and you've got the equation and you're trying to like fight your way through this, just ignore all the, the orders of magnitude and just look, if the answer comes out to be two or 20 or 2 million, whichever answer has the two is the correct answer. If, you know, you end up with 990.0009, whichever one has the nine is your answer. And that's just a way to move through things a little bit quicker and not have to worry about the like, wait, what's a femtogram again? I forgot, right? Which... I actually might have forgotten what a femtogram is, but it's something. Uh, I think it's smaller than a pico, which is, I'm also not really sure where that is either. <laughs> yeah. Gotta, gotta remember all those. Yeah. Okay. Any other math secrets, math favorites you have? No, those are the big things. Simplifying the, simplifying equations by, you know, like I said, you know, 117 divided by five, I'm just going to multiply the top and bottom by two, paying attention to the coefficients. And if they're all different, just rounding based off of that. And then units, 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 um, units will get you the answer like 40% of the time on any yeah. given MCAT. So that's one, a, that's a one final question, uh, if a student has some sort of weird math equation, it's like whatever, 1 million something times, times 8.5 do you think they can probably get the right answer if they just round up the 8.5 to 10 or ra yeah. rounding to whatever nearest thing to make it as easy as possible? Yeah, I do that all the time. Um, and so like gravity is 9.8. Now that's 10 for me. Um, they, another one that's kind of funny, like Pascal's, the number of Pascal's in, a, in an atmosphere and the, the charge on a mole of electrons. Mm -hmm. One of those is 98,000. The other one's 101,000. I don't remember which one's which because both of them are just 100,000 in my mind. Like yeah. they're the same thing. And so like being like not afraid to round stuff, it, it is also important to look at the answer choices for that as well. Like if your answer choices are 250, 800, and 6,000, mm -hmm. then you can round like crazy. Um, and you know, this, you know, 15, I'm going to call that 20. <laughs> right. Or I'm going to call that 10, yeah. which is that's pretty crazy rounding. But if your answer choices are all super different, then that opens the door to that makes it a lot easier. Okay. All right. So there you have it. Now you know what two plus two is and how if you have exponents and other fun math that you can just round up and divide by some easy numbers, even numbers and get your answer close enough. But remember, check out that answer first to make sure that you can have some fuzzy math and still get the right answer. Hopefully this episode will ease some of your fears when it comes to the MCAT, especially math on the MCAT. Next week, we're going to look at the newest tests or talk about the newest test that the AAMC is releasing their fourth full length exam, scored full length exam for the MCAT. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it eased some fears. If you are looking for some more fear easing, then I encourage you to go check out the pre-med years session number 337, which I did with Dr. Pewter, all about test anxiety, how to overcome test anxiety, how to take back control now, Dr. Pewter is a psychiatrist who deals a lot with test anxiety, ADHD for students, and much more. So again, that's pre-mid-year, session number 337. Have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the MCAT Podcast. 
This is MedEd Media.